right, guys. On the fly is back again. And tonight, tonight's the night. It's going to be all right. We're going to be talking about Rod Stewart, the our top 10 favorite Rod Stewart songs. And with me tonight, one of my fellow loudcasters. And I'm telling you guys, you get two loudcasters together, you might be in trouble. Uh, Mr. Jason Warden. Is that how you say it? Warden? Warden. It's spelled, it's like the W-A, warden. but it's he's Warden. The warden. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, he's like the Warden of the Loudcasters then. Uh, look at him displaying that Cowboys hat proudly, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, okay. I won't hold that against you too much. Uh, as long as it ain't a Patriot or a Raven. And Tom Azus, if you're listening, I said it. As long as it's not a Patriot. All right. Hey, Sonny, Sonny so, Pony's a Cowboy fan. Sonny Pooney's a cowboy fan. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll, so. we'll get Jericho on here to talk about Sonny Pooney. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually came across each other in the loud cast room. If you don't know what we're talking about, guys, there's a podcast that we both follow, uh, the Shout Out Loudcasters with Tom Zeus. It's a KISS podcast. Everybody knows I am a big-time KISS fan, and I'm sure uh, Mr. Warden is too. But Defin- yeah, we definitely. come across each other <laughs> – yeah, most definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, we came across each other through posts in the room. We got to talking back and forth. And, uh, you know, I like people that like music. And, uh-oh, I'm going out a little bit. Uh, but I asked him if it was any if it was any music that he knew a lot about, that he was a big fan of. And one of the guys he mentioned was Rod Stewart. And I'm not the biggest Rod Stewart fan, but, you know, I enjoy Rod Stewart's music. And uh, tonight, like I said, the top, our top 10 favorite Rod Stewart songs. And you guys out there, if you want to comment, you want to give us your uh, your thoughts on, on each pick, or if you want to give us your list, feel free to. I'm sure there will be some disagreements. Like I said, like I say before, every time we do a top 10 list, this is our list. This doesn't mean it's the great. It's in stone. It's the greatest top 10 Rod Stewart songs. It's just what we think are the top 10 Rod Stewart songs. So, Jason, since you're the guest, I want you want you to tell us, what, what's your first memory of getting into Rod Stewart? Your first thoughts? Oh, I was, I would, had to be my, uh, back in the 70s, I, my mom always listened to like rock and roll, like Stones, Rod Stewart, uh, wasn't a Kiss fan. Most women, girls usually aren't except for Paul. And, um, she always had rods. She always had Rod Stewart and just like the, do you think I'm sexy? And I just remember that album cover with him holding that girl blondes have more fun and thinking, God, that's the dude. That's the, that's the rock star I want to be, you know? And of course you hear the disparaging stuff about him and all that stuff, but he's laughing to the bank because he's, you know, he's having more fun. Like, you know, you know, and just, you know, just from there and, and, and I think the kind of that, when yeah. I got into that mid seventies stuff, it was like Rod was in his like Rolling Stones kind of harder edge, hot legs and all that stuff. That's kind of, and I love the Stones and after Kiss is probably my second favorite band and it's just, it's just rock and roll. And then in the eighties, when he came out with infatuation and all that stuff, the great hair as always. I just love that stuff. I mean, and, and I still listen to him to this day. I actually got tickets to go see him in Houston in July. He's playing with Cheap Trick. So I got those, I got those a couple of oh, days wow. ago. 
yeah, he's yeah, he's he's definitely he's slowed down a bit, but yeah, haven't we all? <laughs> well, what's he's got to be in his seventies now, right? I think he's like seventy three or seventy four. Still yeah, got more hair than I did. Time so. to slow down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's probably had some some uh, help with that. I would probably, but well, some uh, guys have all the luck. I yeah, guess. my. Some guys have all the luck. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> how many times are we going to throw a song in on a, oh, on right. a comment? Um, but my, believe it or not, and actually we did a, a Black Sabbath episode last week, and I'll tell you the same thing that I told the guest on the Black Sabbath. My mom was, she was a diehard Elvis fan, but she supported, I was, I, I was into Kiss at an early age. I like uh, five years old and oh, wow. she supported that whole thing but rod stewart comes on and my mom you know like do you think i'm sexy that is that's not something you need to be listening to that's not but yet <laughs> you let me listen to a guy that breathes fire and spits blood and talks about uh plaster caster and you know songs Take like me. that and uh yeah but you let me listen to that but Rod Stewart thinks about, do you think I'm sexy? And uh, I'm not supposed to listen to that. But, you know, I got I, I remember listening to him a little bit at that age. But the the older I got, I guess, back in when he hit his, I guess, second wind in the 80s and started getting, you know, with Young Turks and, and then he, uh, Passion and then like Downtown Train and all that, I started listening to him. I actually had a – my best friend in high school, his mom was a diehard Rod Stewart fan, loved him to death. And every time she would drive us somewhere, Rod Stewart would be on. And I'd be like, will you please with the Rod Stewart stuff? I used to give her a hard time about it, but I was, you know, I didn't mind his music at all, but I just had to give her a hard time about it. She is a diehard Rod Stewart fan. I know she still is, but um, the older stuff I got into later on, like I said, when I went back, and like, a, like we say, you didn't have YouTube, you didn't have Apple Music, Spotify. You had to go out and buy stuff to listen to the old stuff. And, um, I, you know, I went back and I think I bought one of his greatest hits that had a lot of the older stuff in it. And that's how I got you know, stuff like Maggie Mae and, and Do You Think I'm Sexy, stuff like that. But, you know, I, my list is going to be, and I'm looking at it right here, it's probably going to be a mixture. It's probably about 60-40. Uh, one way, and I'm not going to say which way, but it's it's a good uh, good mixture of old and the newer stuff. But uh, anyway, you guys, like, like I said, uh, we've got a few people in here listening right now. If you want to make a comment or ask a question or what, so, say a comment about Rod Stewart or what your favorite ten are, feel free to uh, put it up there, and we'll go over, we'll mention it on the show. All right, since you're the guest. We're going to let you start it off. What's your number 10? All right. My number 10 is going back to 1990. It's got the bagpipes, Rhythm of My Heart, off Vagabond Heart. Rhythm of My Heart. That, that is on my uh, that is on my honorable mentions there. It, okay. it was, I actually, I always do this when I do my list. I always get in here and I'll finalize it like the day of, like that morning or something. And when I like when I'm in here getting everything set up, I was looking at it again and listening to some stuff, and I'm like, you know what? I need to switch this around. So I had to 
move some stuff out. But Rhythm of My Heart uh, could have been on my list, but it's an honorable mention. My number Same. 10 is a collaboration. And this is from a soundtrack, from the Three Musketeers soundtrack, Brian Adams, Sting, Rod Stewart, All for Love. Yes. I mean, you had three guys at that time that were on fire. I mean, Brian Adams had hit after hit. Sting, of course, going in with his solo career after leaving the police. And then Rod Stewart. And uh, just a great ballad. I, the movie was nowhere near as good as the song. So Yeah, I, but it had I mean, Rebecca DeMora in it. It wasn't so. like Brian. Oh, yeah. Well, that was good. But, you know. <laughs> Uh, it, he didn't strike gold. Brian Adams didn't strike gold again like he did with Robin Hood with this oh, one. Yeah. But uh, All for Love, great ballad. Uh, three great guys singing, three great singers. But All for Love is my number 10. That's a, That was a big hit. I think it was like a number one hit. What you hit. got at number I mean, nine? That was a, that, yeah, it was a big hit. It was a big it was like number one hit, hit, I believe. Yeah. My number nine, going back to the 70s, You Wear It Well. And uh, this song is, it always reminds me of, it always reminds me of when um, I was in actually Memphis going to Graceland back in the late 90s. And that song came on and there's a part on there where he says, Madame Onassis has got nothing on you. That's about Jackie Kennedy. And that was like the same. And I knew that song and I just, it just hit me. Oh, wow. She had just passed away. So I'll always remember, I mean, of course, I knew that song before, but that was always a memory I have of that song. And that that song was just, I mean, it's just just a great, I mean, I guess you could call it a ballad, but it's just, you know, it's just a, it's just a great song from yeah. start to finish. Yeah, it definitely is. That was, that's another one I had. I've got about 20, I always used to, I always try to get like 25 songs to pick from. And uh, that's over here on, on that list too. So Your honorable no mention so far. We're okay. Yeah, on my honorable mention list. So, number nine for me is from the night. Well, eighty-eight. It's from eighty-eight. Uh, Forever young. Great song. Uh, similar to a Bob Dylan song, but you know, I think it was so similar that um, ultimately Rod Stewart agreed to share royalty with uh bob dylan about it it said forever young is a heartfelt song about his kids and, but i think it went to number number 12 was as high as it got number three at adult contemporary but it's a different rod stewart i mean back in the uh back in the 70s rod stewart would never be singing something like this uh forever you know he was singing about hot legs do you think i'm sexy tonight's the night but you know forever young it was kind of different for me to see him do doing something like this but it was good so forever young is my number nine that's a great song i actually remember buying the cassette single back when we used to buy those things the cassettes I heard that on the radio and i was like oh i gotta have that and it's like it's a great song people don't oh. remember cassette singles too well do they <laughs> No, we had to buy the whole album sometimes and suffer. There's only one good song on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've bought a lot of one-hit wonder cassettes back then. Yeah, same here. Ready for number eight? Um, my number eight? Number eight. 
is probably a sister song of my number nine. I think they they're pretty close in into it, and it's in uh, you're in my heart. That's just a song that I think goes along with you where it well. I think they're on different albums, but that that kind of like just yeah. a really good song written and just you know from start to finish. I mean, it's just like those. I would think that was kind of the era that he was writing. You know, some rocker songs and some slower songs. Probably one of the reasons why Paul. Stanley wanted to give him a hard luck woman. I mean, I can, I can see him doing that song. I mean, that to me, I mean, I think it's great with Peter, but I mean, uh, to hear Rod Stewart sing that song would have been great. And I think that that, Oh yeah. Kind of got, got that idea kind of from hearing you wear it well, or in my heart. I mean, I can just see him say, Hey, that, that sounds like a Rod Stewart song. I can kind of see him saying that. I, I can definitely sit here and hear him singing a uh, hard luck woman. Uh, you're in my heart. That that's this is going to be our first repeat because that's a little bit a little bit later in my list. But uh, yeah, great song. Uh, but I'll talk a little bit more about that in just a few minutes. Okay. So my number eight, and we're back in the '80s again. And this is a remake uh, of an Isley Brothers song, and he sings it with I think it's Ronald Isley is the one he sings it with uh this old heart of mine i you know kind of he did the whole uh, motown song i think that was with the four tops and this song kind of reminded me of the, of the motown song but uh, this old heart of mine man uh like i said something different from rod stewart but then again he, it fits him so well when he does like the the motown stuff and Ronald Isley, for the longest, I'm going to tell you this, I don't have a clue why, but for the longest time, I thought Clarence Clemens was the guy singing the song with him. But he, he was the one with Jackson Burke. And I, I was like, oh, yeah. I got to looking at it. I was like, hey, Ronald Isley singing. You're right. And I was still thinking it tonight. So I'm glad I looked again because I would have thought uh, Clarence Clemens would have sat, was singing this whole heart of mine. But kind of similar, similar sound, but this whole heart of mine is my number eight. Rod Stewart kind of reminds me of like how David Coverdale does. He goes back and kind of redoes some songs because this old heart of mine, if you listen to the original one, it's very slow. And it's not like got that, you know, that, you know, that drum beat at the beginning. Those, I guess, are electric drums is what they were called. But I mean, that that just hits it. And I mean, it, it's just so much better than the original, kind of like, you know, in my opinion. Cause it's just slower and it's more up tempo with the, uh, I mean, it was definitely eighties, you know? So, I mean, I still love the song. I think it's great. Oh yeah. Yeah. You, you mentioned Coverdale. Uh, I, when they hit the big time with the 87 album and then you go back, of course, when here I go again, took off and then they started playing the older version of here I go again. And I'm listening to that and I'm like, you know, instead of a, a drifter, they're talking about like a hobo, and I'm like, "What the heck? This is uh, you know, drifter. Drifter sounds better than hobo." And and uh, here I go again, song. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I like the Coverdale. Like what you said about Coverdale. But I was a big White Snake fan. So, oh yeah, number, my first concert. Seven, your first concert? Who? Yeah. Who was the opening act? Uh, Bad English, slip of the tongue. Oh, the slip. Of the, see, you know. Was that the first super band when Whitesnake had uh, Bad English? Had? Jonathan Kane. 
No, I'm uh, talking about Whitesnake had Vi, they had yeah. Vandenberg, they had because uh, uh, what's Tommy his name left to go to Def Leppard? Yeah, Tommy Aldridge and yeah. then uh, Rudy Sarzo playing bass. Yeah, oh, you're talking about Whitesnake being the first was a super band. Band. Okay, I can see that. I got to meet I got to meet him and Tony. Yeah, Katane. that was, that was they, they were really cool. Back when Tony Katane oh, had really? her hair blonde, yeah, she had her hair blonde. Oh. She was friends with uh, one of my buddies' mom, and they got us backstage. And of course, no cameras back then, but I still got my shirt signed by her and stuff like that. I was sad to see her pass away. She was really, they were both cool. They were, I mean, they were shorter than I thought. Like yeah. David Coverdale, without big hair, you think they're they're much taller, but no, he wasn't. <laughs> That's pretty awesome there. Yeah. So, what is your number seven? My number seven is a cover, but it's one he does very well. It's because I know I I know I'm losing you. The Temptation song that he did off, I believe it was off Every Picture Tells a Story. And that's kind of rock and rod on that one. That's kind of I, I don't know if uh, I think Ron Wood played with him on that album. And that's back when you do a solo album, but your band still played behind you. And I think the faces were still kind of backing him up. At least Ron Wood was. But I'm not a big jam fan. I don't like a lot of jams, but I, I love it when the drums kick in, and that's just a just a great song. And I just I, mean, I just like it when it kicks it and just takes you there. It's, I, I think it's a great cover. Great, and he made it his own, like he does a lot of his covers. Yeah, he he likes to do a cover, and that that's yeah. I see that's one I'm not familiar with. I'm gonna have to check that one out. This is why I like doing this. Uh, I'll find it if I can find something I need to check out like this, and I'm gonna check this out as soon as we get off of here. But I know I'm losing you, so yeah, I'll check that out. My on number a, seven a story. <laughs> yeah, my number seven. It's probably really what one of the big songs in the, I guess in the late '80s, early '90s, when he did Unplugged, of course. He's singing to his wife, the model, what was her name? Rachel. Uh, Rachel Hunter. Gosh, what was her last name? Rachel Hunter, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have I told you lately? And I, the unplugged version to me is better than the actual single version because uh, he gets a little, he acts like he gets a little emotional there at the end. And whether that's real or not, I'm sure it was at the time. But uh, yeah. And, this was one of those songs that, like I said, when I was riding in my friend's car with his mom, this song was played over and over and over. I should have fatigue from it, but I guess it's one of those good memories I have. But uh, have I told you lately that is my number seven? And that really, really got his popularity back up, going back up again when he did that Unplugged album. I mean, it wasn't bad, but he, he it launched him again. Yeah, that Unplugged album was a great album. I think it next to probably after, I think maybe after Kiss Alive or Kiss Unplugged. I think that's up there with that, but, you know, partial to both. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Kiss Unplugged, Rod Stewart, um, and I like the Nirvana Unplugged. I don't like too much of Nirvana, I, you know, but the Unplugged, I, I remember hearing it and I had to go out and buy it after that. But not, I like the unplugged version of some of Nirvana songs more than I did the actual, uh, actual plugged in versions, I guess, actual album versions of it. It's a shame that the Aerosmith one never got released on CD. That's a great one when they did, uh, 
when they did one. See, I've never heard that one. I've never heard that one. It was never released. I think it was like a 30-minute special or something, but there's, of course, boots out there of it. But I mean, that, that's great. Okay. All right. Number six. Number six for me is another kind of sister song to another band. And it probably has one of my favorite Rod Stewart quip, like kind of like sayings in one of his songs. And you hear this a lot in movies. It's called uh, Stay With Me. And it was back with the faces. And this one always kind of reminds me of that same kind of like their sister songs to Can You Hear Me Knocking by the Stones. And I'm not really sure oh, if Ron yeah. was in the Stones at the time. But, you know, of course, Stay With Me came out earlier. But those always when I hear either song, it kind of reminds me a lot. And both those songs are played in a lot of movies. And there's a part. Yeah. yeah. Always got with me was Stay With Me. Is one of the sayings he goes. He goes, let's go upstairs and read my tarot cards. I don't think Rod was talking about, you know, his future, or, you know, what the future held for him. I think that may have another meaning. But that's yeah, the, I'm pretty sure. Rod Stewart sayings that I, I like. It's especially Rod Stewart back then. Yeah, I would yeah. think that's probably got a, some kind of other meaning there. That's uh, something Stephen Tyler <laughs> would have been proud of, you know. You know, that, yes. that kind of quip that, you know, now it's not kind of thrown in your face, but, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of like you made you it left the imagination, you know, and not, not just saying, Hey, what I want to do, you know? Exactly. Exactly. All right. So number six is stay with me. Number six for me is a repeat. Uh, you talked about it earlier. You're in my heart. Uh, that's, that's just a, I don't know for me, one of his better songs. Uh, he said he, he wrote it when he was dating Swedish actress, Britt, Eklund and they were together from 75 to 77. He said it wasn't totally about her. It could have been anybody I've met in that period. And there were a lot of them. <laughs> and that may, that he may have said that because if she had a 12.5 million lawsuit filed against him, which her lawyers pointed out how she inspired some of his most successful music. Yeah. So yeah, he probably said, uh, no, it wasn't just about her. He probably told her at the time, I wrote this song about you. And then when it's now, nah, it wasn't totally about her. It could have been any other women I met. And you know, Rod at the Stewart, he had a lot of women back, back in the day for sure. And probably still can pull some now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, he's slowing down. Right. Like he slows down. He's a little bit slower than he used to be. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Pre-internet. So number, Pre number five is hot legs. I don't think there's much I got to say about that song, but it's just, it's a great song. It's just, I mean, it's, it's, it's a rocking 70s song that the Stones could do. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, and, you know, it, I can see Jagger doing this with Keith playing too. Yeah. And I mean, and it's, I mean a that, it's, it's a lot of those, it's a lot of those 70s Stewart songs that you could see that the, the Stones could do. I mean, yeah. do you think I'm sexy? I think Jagger could probably pull that off. But miss you, yeah. Just like I, miss I'm you. I'm gonna have to go back and yeah, and I I'm gonna have to go back and look now that you were talking about stay with me. I'm gonna have to go back and look and see about that other song was was wood in there when uh when the stones did that. But you gotta think yeah, that him and, Ron wood, him and Ron Wood were probably hanging out. I mean Wood was in the stones probably. 
I don't know if he was, I mean, I know he replaced, you know, was a replacement for Mick, but you know, I'm sure they hang out and, you know, they like to drink. So, I mean, Hey, check this riff out and Hey, you know, Hey, I'll make that a song. <laughs> you think they drink? I'm, uh, just a little they bit. probably still do. <laughs> I'm sure of it. I don't think that's, that may, may not be one thing to slow down. You I mean, you, you think about Keith Richards. Uh, I mean, the guy is like preserved, I think. I mean, not facially, but at, at living. I don't know how the guy is still, still walking. Yeah, he quits. He said he quit smoking with, with COVID and stuff. And I was like, wow, those cigarette companies are going to go bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this stock probably went down a lot after that. Um, you got to love it. You got to so, love a guy that. Like he says that he, he went go looking for a coconut and he fell out of a tree and that's what almost kills him. Not all the drugs he did, but a coconut. He fell out of a tree and had to have surgery. I mean, it was a coconut, not not heroin. You know, a coconut, not heroin or anything like that. But you look at you look at guys like him. You look at Ozzy Osbourne. I mean, the guy probably should have been dead two or three times. Uh, the then. From, from drugs, there's no telling how many times he should have been dead from drugs. But then he gets in a four-wheeler accident that almost takes his life. And, uh, you know, it, it's Ozzy Osbourne, Keith Richards. I, I don't and you, think. And you look at you look at Keith Richards and you talk about, you know, who the rock star is and stuff like that. He's the one that's been married to the same woman. He's not like having kids at 60 like Mick. You know, he's been with the same woman all this time. He's like the, you know, the yeah. Howard Stern, you know, you think Howard Stern's is deviant, but he's with one, you know, it's, it's always the, the ones they think are the most deviant are the ones that make the best husbands, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So number five for me, and we're going to the eighties again, um, downtown train, mm. another, another song that you wouldn't think Rod Stewart would be doing if, when you, when you saw him back in the, in the sixties, but it kind of mellowed or seventies, excuse me. If you kind of mellowed out, um, Tom Waits wrote the song and, and it actually did. This is another cover song, but Rod's cover went to number three. I don't think Tom Waits got that, uh, got that high. Uh, it was his, his highest charting song in 11 years in the United States. He received a Grammy award nomination for it. Uh, it was on the Fordist Storyteller Anthology released in November 89, and then uh, Downtown Trey was released in March 1990. But, yeah, I mean, Rod had a habit after – I guess it got good to him in the uh, in the 80s when he saw, okay, I can write I – can, I can sing some of these uh, slower tunes and get a hit out of it. And he was like, okay, well, I'm going to do a little bit more. I'm going to do a little bit more. And he did a good job with it because there's a lot of these – that are on, on my list, uh, but I guess I'm a sucker for a ballad. But Downtown Train is my number five. That's one of the you got. We got one on a repeat because you got one of mine. And I'll uh, I, I, it'll be a little bit. I'll tell a little bit more about that one. But mine, my next. Uh, we're down to number four, correct? Right, number four. My next one is a rem another remake of his. I like you know how Coverdale was with White Snake, and this is two is off the Unplugged album. And if you ever heard the Unplugged album, you hear him and Ron Wood. That's when Ron Wood's playing with him. And they're talking about how young the band was, is. When the song came out, they weren't even born. <laughs> and 
And uh, it's the the cover. It, it, they, it was a big radio hit, probably right up there with you know. Have I told you lately? Reason to believe. That is yeah. just that the 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 original is just just not as good as the unplugged version, in my opinion, because it's got more energy. The unplugged, but it's funny. He's talking about his wife was only one, you know, because she's you know younger <laughs> than him and stuff. But I mean, it's just a great song, and it's one of those songs that they played the heck out of, but I never got tired of. And it, I actually did a, a speech for it when I was in college in speech class. Kind of, we had to play a song and bring a CD back when we used to have CDs and <laughs> did that. I actually got an A on that paper. The professor was actually impressed. Was wow. Like, oh, it's not all right. about Kiss and Metallica for you, is it? Like, no, not all. <laughs> and uh, that, yeah, that's it. Reason to believe. I think it's one of his best songs. And I just, I just love that song. I mean, I just, it's just a great song. It's about, you know, kind of getting your heart broken. It's just, you know, who hasn't had that happen? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, you go through something like that, and that's all you want. You know, I, I went through it, uh, you know, as a kid, and all I wanted to do was hear – I was looking for songs like that. And, uh, yeah, Reason to Believe. And there is – I'm ashamed to say I know this, but Wilson Phillips actually covered the song. Really? Yes. I'm ashamed to say I know that. Nothing hey, there gets, ain't nothing wrong with China Phillips. There ain't nothing no, wrong. No. <laughs> but yeah, they do they do the because I can remember hearing the Rod Stewart version, then uh list some I think it was on the radio. They may have released it as a single, but it, it came on and I was like, who is singing this Rod Stewart song? And it was Wilson Phillips. But uh yeah. Nothing no, wrong. No, right. no Nothing judging wrong. here. I I had that CD back in the day. I mean, I, I had I had uh, what was it? I had the cassette for yeah. Shadows and Light. But uh, yeah, I I didn't mind Wilson Phillips. I didn't nah, mind looking okay. out of Phillips. <laughs> There's a lot worse out there. <laughs> yes, yes. So we're number four. Well, okay. Before, before we go any further, where did you go to college at? I uh, went to. I did some college at uh, San Antonio College in uh, UTSA. In the okay. University of Texas at San Antonio. So I, I identify with being a hook'em horns. So, I mean, it, it's a, it's a, we didn't have a football team back then when I went back in a covered wagon back in the day. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we got a good football team now and stuff like that. But, uh, UT and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. My brother, uh, he moved. Look, this was, my brother stayed and didn't go out a lot. And when the internet came along and it first came out, uh, when we had it, all of a sudden he comes up and tells me, I'm, I'm moving to Texas in a month. And I'm like, no, you're not. And it was like some woman he had met online that he moved to Texas. He stayed there for a while. And he is since then, he worked at an airport, I guess the airport in Texas, one of the big, the biggest one, whatever it is. I can't remember which one it is. DFW. But, he uh he worked at the airport for a while and since then that's been that's been 20 some years yeah about 20 20 years now he's been a university of texas football fan then and i give him a hard time about it uh because he you know i was like every year he tells me this is going to be the year we win the national championship and uh yeah this wasn't such a good year for for Texas Longhorn football, but well, now you can you know. kind of see my the pattern with the UT and the Cowboys, kind of the same thing that <laughs> we're, we're very, very valuable, but we don't win, you know. And 
you got to think like the Beck song loser says things are going to change for me. I know they will because, you know, Cowboys and UT are always overrated and it's like we drink the Kool-Aid and I admit it, but you know, that, you know, you got to think, you got to think someday it's going to change. Yeah. Look, I, you know, you talked a little bit before we went on the air about uh, Dallas, about, how valuable they are, but you want a Super Bowl ring. Now, we're getting a little bit off topic here, but that's that's okay. Do you think, and this is this is something that I've said over the years, do you think Jerry Jones would rather make a dollar than win a Super Bowl ring? Do I think? I don't you know. Think he, I don't think he does it on purpose, but he just can't help himself because when Jimmy – when every year that goes by, it proves that Jimmy Johnson was the brains of the franchise. Yes. And I love, and, and, you know, and I think Jerry's a great businessman. If he would just yeah. stay in his owner box, like, you know, the best owners, like, you know, the ones in Pittsburgh and the ones in new England and not go on the local radio stations and, you know, talk about players and, you know, you know, stuff like that. I mean, there's a pattern since Jimmy left. Yeah, they won with Switzer, but that was Jimmy because you had Aikman and the guys. You had the, you had the nucleus there. Jerry would Jerry wants a Super Bowl, but he, I think he wants to be in control more. And it you know, and it sucks for the fans because you know, especially the ones that are stupid enough like me to stick around and be a fan. But <laughs> I, 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 that's the way I am. You know, that's the way I am. You know. Uh, I'm, I've been I've been a Steelers fan. I look and, and you'll see a pattern with that. I've been a Kiss fan since I was five, and I've been a Steelers fan almost about the same time. As soon as I learned what a football was, uh, most of my family were Redskins fans or Commanders fans, whatever you want to call them now. Uh, but uh, so I was kind of like the black sheep of the family for you know. But oh, I remember you know, people come around to. I remember when I started being a, a fan and knowing football, I remember the Steelers too, because they always kicked our ass in the seventies. <laughs> you know, we had to sit I, there. I've, and, I've gone, you know, so, Hey, 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 I remember the Steelers. <laughs> yeah. I've gone back and watched those Super Bowls, and man, they were, you know, those two, those two, I know you probably don't think so, but those two uh, Super Bowls in the seventies were classic. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. So, Got your number four. We're on my number four. And my number four is, do you think I'm sexy? And, you know, this was, like I said at the start, this was a song my mom was like, you don't need to be listening to nothing nobody talking about, do you think I'm sexy? And it's probably, a, like I said, it's a good thing. She didn't know what uh, what Plaster Caster was about, and she didn't hear. Uh, Take me. Take me that I was getting ready to say, put your hand in my pocket, grab hold to, to my rocket. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's probably a good thing. She didn't really listen that close to it, but uh, yeah. Do you think I'm sexy? Let me uh, bring up some of these about this. Uh, one of his most controversial records, of course, it remains more than the most commercially se- successful uh, by major rock artists into disco. He lost, he actually lost a plagiarism lawsuit that determined the chorus was lifted from a song called Taj Mahal by Brazilian musician Jorge Ben, and I may be saying this wrong, Jorge Ben Jor. The I never knew that, but then the song itself is very simple, straightforward tale of a guy meeting a girl in a bar and heading home for some late night entertainment. Number one hit in the US and the UK. And he donated his royalties from the song to UNICEF. So, you know, 
and I guess this was kind of like Rod Stewart's I was made for loving you because people were complaining that Rod Stewart was selling out the disco when he did this. Uh, but yeah, he was laughing all the way to the bank. Well, not really because he donated all the proceeds to UNICEF, but uh, yeah, you know, I never knew about the plagiarism lawsuit. That's something I'm going to have to listen to that, see if I can find that song and see what, it, what, uh, what that sounds like. For, if that sounds like the chorus. That one didn't make my list. It made my honorable mentions or whatever, but I got a couple of things about that song. There is a cover version by a band called the Revolting Cox. <laughs> and they used to play it like in rock clubs and stuff like that. I actually like that version. I mean, I like the original one, but you ever get a chance, Google that one. That's a cool, that's a I'm gonna write cool this version. down right now. Revolting Cox, do you think I'm sexy? That was like one of the first songs I ever downloaded off Napster before Lars took over. And another Napster. Thing, wow. And another thing about the uh the video you ever watch M- uh, VH1 when they, they they had that thing called pop up video? They yeah, like little facts yes. about the music. Well, this video, if you've seen it, the girl's pretty hot in the video. I mean, she's 70s hot. I mean, she's, I mean, oh, yeah, the helm and her. Well, evidently, I think he was married at the time, but there is a thing saying the pop up video that they left for a while together alone. So I'm just gonna like leave it out there, saying, "Well, I guess she did think he was sexy, you know, and stuff." So. Yeah. But I, I read that on there. I was like, "Yeah, that's Rod Stewart. You know, that that's something he can do. That's, you know, yeah, he can pull it off. That's yeah, that's he fine. did. If you ever read his book, if you ever get a chance to read his book, it's great. I mean, it, it's just it's it's a great book. He's he he talks about the women, and it's just I mean, I never know he was with Kelly LeBrock. I mean, it's just like wow, weird science, I just blew my mind. You know, it seems like I remember hearing about that. But well, that had to be back in the 80s. It seems yeah. like I do remember hearing about Coming that. In red. It, yeah. yeah, it had to be short-lived. But yeah. uh, let's see. So Number three. You're number three. Okay, mine's number three. It's a repeat of what you had. It's called Downtown Train. Right. Now, Downtown Train came out like in the 90s, like you said. And I got a Christmas present from my mom back then. I was in high school of the uh, box set, the storyteller. And that's how I went back and like, you know, I knew him. Right. There. But listen to that storyteller. And Downtown Train was just a great song. And it was everywhere. It was the first song I had. I got me a Pontiac Sunbird back when they used to make Pontiacs. That was my first car. That was the cassette <laughs> single, another cassette single that I popped in and I jammed and I drove around the apartment complex you know, hey, look at me, I can drive and stuff like that. <laughs> but another interesting fact about Downtown Train, it was a big hit, but this song also kind of ended a friendship between him and Bob Seeger. Bob Seeger was going to do this song and he does it. It's on his greatest hits. And but Rod ended up doing it before him and released it before him. And that and Rod's talked about that. And he said that it's that the Bob Seeger, I mean, Bob Seeger, he knew what he was doing, you know. He did it before me. Rod, of course, says it was like kind of an accident, but you know, there's like there's no accidents, you know, they say. But that kind of ended their friendship. So that's a little tidbit that I don't know if you knew or not. Who was it? Who was it? And I'm trying to think. There's a song that somebody did, and I'm kind of and I'm thinking Seeger. Seeger was singing background vocals and never got credited for it. But maybe I'm really? thinking about somebody else. Maybe I'm thinking about somebody else. I'm going to have to 
my my I'm getting old, so uh, <laughs> I'm still I'm still I'm still trying to get over the revolting cocks. So that's that's an actual band. That is an actual band. <laughs> I'm, that's a, I'm that's a great cover. It's a great cover. I, I love. I, it. I, will, I will check that out. So my number three, another ballad, and uh, this came off. I think it was out of order. Uh, 1988, and it was originally intended for it as a country song, and a lot of people won't remember this lady, uh, Barbara Mandrell. Yes. And then Stewart ultimately claimed the song for himself, and it was later covered in 2011 by another country artist, Sarah Evans. Sarah Evans. And uh, my heart can't tell you no. Uh, great song, and it, you, this is just like, you know, if you go through somebody cheating on you, you know what this is about. You know, my heart can't take you, you know, cause I, I had that happen too. And I had uh, somebody actually trying to keep me on a string and you, you really can't tell them no, but you, you need to. And then, uh, but yeah, uh, it tells a great story. Yeah. People can relate to it, but, and he does a great job. Like I said, with the, these eighties and nineties ballads, he does a great job with them, but my heart can't tell you no is number three. Can't you see the Kiss Crazy Nights lineup doing this song? I could see Paul doing this song. Probably so. Because it's kind of it kind of like another reason to live. I mean, yeah. it's like you can, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's kind of the same, you know, those songs were kind of. Same premise. Like, you broke my heart. I'm going to get over you. That's how the 80s ballads were. And I yeah. can see Paul back in his, you know, magnificent, you know, I know everybody doesn't, people like rag on him for hell to hold you but i mean just his vocals i mean him doing this would be i mean him and they could trade songs with hard luck woman and paul do this 80s paul i think it would be a great i always thought it was kind of a, a lot of that kind of this kind of stuff could be a kiss song yeah do you remember i don't know if you and i'm sure you've heard the demo he did paul did a a bunch of demos and they say it could have been for share. It could have been for the kiss album, but they, you know, I've never heard definitely. There's a song out there called, um, when two hearts collide. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that was around the crazy, crazy nights era. Then I don't know if that was a crazy nights demo or if it was something else, but that I do like, like Paul's and I don't mind Paul's uh, songs on crazy nights. I, I like that album. But you know, it's it's a little, it's not kiss like they were trying too hard to be Bon Jovi to, but you know they were trying to adapt to the times, and uh, but yeah, I could definitely see Paul singing. My heart can't tell you no. Yeah. So okay, all right. No, go ahead. What were you saying? Uh, uh, no, it's kind of like you know in his book he talks about when he wrote you know a million to one. I mean, he denies he wrote that about Donna Dixon, but you know, that's, Oh, that's the whole story. That's the whole story right there is that she left him for Dan Aykroyd. So that gives fat funny guys a chance like me. So, you know, I'm glad about that. So, <laughs> oh, thank you, Dan yeah. Aykroyd. Thank you, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Paul Stanley. I mean, how far does it, you know, Paul's got, of course we didn't know about it till, and I know Zeus and Tom, if they listen to this, they'll be talking about, Oh God, somebody's going to mention the ear. You know, we didn't know about the whole ear thing and how he was uh he was so conscious about aware it. of it and so you know had had such problems with it. But can you imagine how far that would have set him back back then when Donna Dixon dumps you for Dan Aykroyd? Well, it proves that she's not 
she's not about, I mean, she, it doesn't, I mean, yeah, I know Dan Aykroyd, but Paul was rich too. And of course, you know, yeah. two different guys, I mean, two different things, but she obviously doesn't matter about looks. She, she probably likes to laugh, you know, and Dan exactly. Aykroyd, I mean, Dan Aykroyd's be. funny. You know, I mean, it's, you know, he is, he is, he's a funny guy. He, he, he's, he's laughing all the way with that when he, he's been married to Donna Dixon for all this time. I went and saw the new Ghostbusters and of course Dan Aykroyd makes an appearance and I was wondering, Hey, does Paul take his kids to go see a Dan Aykroyd movie? Does he just, just curious. <laughs> and Paul's my favorite member. So don't give me crap. Okay. He's I, yeah. I you know, Paul, Paul's all right. Paul, I just, I think while uh, I I posted a little bit earlier today, he had put another uh, post about riding his bicycle again. Uh, how 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 great it was! Well, he had that to, hip to replacement. He's got to keep it in again. check, dude. He's got to keep that hip replacement in check, man. Yeah, I, I'll tell you this: it, it, as old as Polly is, what's he seventy now? Yeah, he's just turned seventy. Yeah, and. Yeah, he's going through a hip replacement and can ride for 25 miles, which I know everybody says it's a motorized bicycle. But, uh, you know. Well, just don't go surfing yeah, with yeah, him. He, Read his book. Just don't go surfing with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but Paul, Paul's okay. I mean, you know, it's kind of like I like what Tom and Zeus say. You know, we can pick on them, but, you know, somebody outside kissed. The Kiss fans, they can't pick on them like we. But can. we pick on them it's like they're like our brother. friends, like we drag on each other. That's what guys do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, so we're number we're at the top two. What's your top number two. two? My number two is the song that he opens his shows with and has done for a while. You know, back then it was a cool song. Nowadays, you may get arrested. Called "Infatuation." <laughs> that song was one of the things, one of the first Rod Stewart things that I saw kind of on my own when the MTV era, when he came out and everything. And of course the girl he's looking at in the video, the video is funny because he's stalking this girl and it's like, yeah, I remember like, it. creepy now, but back then it's like, Hey, it's okay to stalk your girl, you know, and stuff like that. But it was like, it, it was just a cool video because it was in black and white and kind of part of it and stuff like that. But, it's just a kind of a rocking good song. And interesting fact about that song, Jeff Beck is in the video. And you know the history yeah, between the, the history between Jeff Beck and Rod Stewart is that Jeff Beck always said that they had a love-hate relationship. He loves me and I hate him. So he still invites him over to be in the video. So in the video, Jeff Beck plays in it, and Rod Stewart said, like everybody thinks that Jeff Beck plays that song because it's in the video. Kind of like the Paul Stanley solo and I Love It Loud is like. Like he's not playing that solo. Well, there's really no solo in that song, but he's looking yeah. like he's playing it. So the video that shows you how big MTV was, and everybody thinks that's the way it was. So that's that's. And I looked at the set list. I well, saw you it, and he's still opening with that song. And that's a, that's a. I mean, that's a good song to open up with. I think it's a great great song. Well, you know, and, and back then when you see a video like that on MTV and and see the guy in there. Of course, you're going to think he's playing it. You don't have anything. You can't go online and talk to everybody about if Jeff Beck in there, or you know, have an argument online with somebody about Jeff Beck being on there. But yeah, I probably I didn't realize he was in the video. I'm about to go back and watch that now. Um, infatuation. Yeah, I don't think you could get by with it. There, there, there's a there's a show there that we need to do. Uh, top ten songs that you couldn't get away with now. 
Uh, there's got to be. I know there's more than ten out there, but we, we'll have to follow. Maybe the revolting cocks sang one of those songs. I'm still, I'm still getting over I that. I can't believe you've never I mean, heard of them. I mean, they're a, they're like an industrial band. I, have, I mean, it's. I I think back I'm in the day to, I had the 45 I yeah, I have never heard of them. I'm gonna have to look them up. Definitely have to look them up. So, my number two is one of the one of the signature songs from the '70s. It's uh, Maggie May. Uh, Wake up, Maggie. I think I got something to say to you. And I and you know, as a kid listening to it, I was like, you know, this song is this song is okay, whatever. But the older I got, like I said, and it seems like the older I get, the more I appreciate the older music. Like. Wasn't the biggest Eagles fan till, uh, till the whole hills freeze over. Now I'm a big Eagles fan. Love the Eagles. Uh, Rod Stewart is another one of those. And you know, of course, I was, I was pushed into Elvis. I mean, that was every week. Mama blasting Elvis records while she cleaned, and you know. But you know, now I, I listen to a lot more Elvis than I used to. But Maggie May, um, looking at some of the stuff about Maggie May here. Uh, kicked his solo career into high gear, shot her around the world. One number one on the UK and US pop charts from the album Every Picture Tells a Story. Stewart's reputation as a gifted storyteller was established by the tale of a young man mesmerized by an older woman and slowly coming to terms with the likely impact of his obsession. The witty, respectful of Maggie and self deprecating lyrics are a pop music masterpiece. It originally released as a B side of Reason to Believe kind of like Beth. However, the U.S. DJs quickly became more enamored of Maggie May, and it shot up the charts to number one. And uh, one of the comments he made about in 2015, he told the Wall Street Journal, at first, I didn't think much of Maggie May. I guess that's because the record company didn't believe in the song. I didn't have much confidence then. So, yeah, Maggie May was really his first big hit. And, uh, you know, I didn't realize it was on a B-side, of reason to believe, but it's kind of like the whole kiss Beth thing. And uh, they turned it over and, and they had a hit and Maggie May was definitely a hit for Rod Stewart. So that's my number two. There's one thing about a couple things about that song. It's not on my list. I think it's just the fatigue of hearing it. You right. Know, like that. Um, my favorite version is the unplugged version. Cause I just think it's just more kind of, you know, getting going and stuff like that. And it's just really weird to like, you know, kind of like a song that's like a year older than you. I mean, it's kind of like did the world exists before me. But and also exactly. I read an interview. I don't know if I saw a TV sh- and, I, and I could be wrong about this. But that part where he has a background singer where the girl's going, it just ain't natural or whatever. You can hear the woman singing in the background. Supposedly that's Maggie May herself, the girl he wrote the song about. I don't know who oh, it really? is. But supposedly I read an interview or saw something that sh- they said that that was her. I don't know if he was drunk saying that, but. Uh, every time I hear that version, I go, that's Maggie. And it's like, I mean, you see how old Rod is and she's older. So she's probably a lot older, you know, you know, be kind of like, you know, yeah, going blind, he's... you know, 93 and you're, <laughs> I'm 93 yeah, and you're 73. <laughs> but don't you, don't you find it though? And you're like me. I, I hear you say it a lot. You, you like the unplugged versions of songs a lot more than you do the actual single or the actual versions of it. Like, the Kiss Unplugged, World Without Heroes, great version Unplugged. Yes. Love it, Unplugged. Uh, and I'm all right with it, the regular single. Like, uh, 
sure knows something was a great song. I now that's probably about even with me as far as, but that's a great unplugged version. And then I still love you, which Paul just puts on a dis display. And we're getting into a whole kiss world here. We could talk about, but uh, yeah, I still love you is is a great version of unplugged. But there's a lot of unplugged songs. I'd rather hear the unplugged version than the actual version of. Yeah, I agree. All right, number one. Number one. I'm, uh, this is a song that kind of, it takes me back kind of the, I always kind of viewed myself. I'm kind of, and people call me clown, you know, you try to have a sense of humor. I don't try to take life too seriously. It's probably because it's probably why I'm not rich. And uh, I just <laughs> like to joke. I like to have a good time. And I think, and Same I tell here. people, well, you take things too seriously, you know, and stuff like that. So my number one song, and it's probably one of my top, in my top five of all my favorite songs is off. Uh, it was called, I was, I'm, I was only joking. And it's just about, it's just a, it's a, it's a kind of a slow ballad. That's just, you know, it's just like, you know, it's got like a relationship, but it's just, you know, you think things too seriously. You know, I was just joking, yeah. you know, blame it on the wine. In my case, you know, middle light, you know, it's just chill life short, just, you know, and, you know, I used to kind of get criticism for trying to be funny, but that, I mean, you realize that you get to a while, a while, you realize who you are. And I think that when he wrote this song or if he wrote it, I'm not sure, but it's, it's just definitely one of my songs that I'll, I'll have to listen to at least, you know, once a month, you know what I mean? But, you know, I don't get tired of it, but it's in my playlist. So it's, that's my number one. I was only joking. I'm going to look and see if it's got any info on who wrote it. All right, while I'm looking at this, my number one, and uh, you, I, I kind of hinted on at the start of, of the show when I said, yeah, tonight's the night uh, is my number one. And this was another one of those songs that my mom was like, you can't be listening to this. You know, and I was like, okay. Okay, I didn't under, know. I wouldn't have known the difference in it. One of the most blatant seduction songs in pop history. <laughs> in the song, Stewart makes his intentions abundantly clear to to a young virgin. <laughs> the extended album version closes with erotic whispers and moans from Swedish actress Britt Eklund, who we talked about earlier. She appears in the company music video, but we never see her face. Uh, radio stations frequently edit, edit out the closing section of the song, deeming it too sexually explicit for airplay. The BBC initially banned it for the line, spread your wings and let me come inside. <laughs> no other song is more firmly identified with Rod Stewart's reputation as a womanizer than Tonight's Tonight. Yeah, uh, they say his inspiration for this song was America's Today's the Day. Tonight's Tonight spent eight weeks at number one of the U.S. charts. Number two on adult contemporary, a live recording of Tonight's Night is available on the, on the unplugged and seated album. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you he's pretty much, this may be one of those songs that you might not be able to get away with. You might, but you might not be able to get away with this today. Um, spread your wings and let me come inside is one of those lines that's pretty, pretty uh, obvious what he's talking about there, but. Still a great song. Tonight's the night's my number one. Yeah, that's a that's another song that's kind of like Maggie Mae for me. Just kind of fatigue. 
played a lot, but it's like, I, I've heard versions where they take out the, the, her talking in French. And I'm like, really? That, that upsets you? I mean, it's like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I can kind of see them being upset about it, but you know, I don't know. It's tongue in cheek, you know, and I don't, I don't know necessarily if he was saying that to be that way. I don't know if he was just, you know, take me in. I mean, I don't know. I'm giving the guy too much credit, I guess. And he was after one thing and that's what it was after, you know? Yeah. He would, you know, that was that period of time where he was, you know, he was feeling, feeling his oats. And uh, he was trying to. If you really, if you really want to hear but... Rod getting dirt, uh, you really want to hear Rod listen to a song called "Dirty Weekend." That wouldn't have got away today. <laughs> that's that. That's something new. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm "Dirty Weekend" off some blo- some I'm guys are, out, blondes but, have more fun. Yeah, we know what he's after. Um, yeah, I mean, it's no doubt about it. And you know, there were there were always rumors about Rod, but you know, and it's. National Enquirer crap, I'm sure. But uh, Rod was definitely always after the women. No doubt about it. Uh, I got a a couple Just, I just want to like mention that I think are great that didn't make my list. There's like five of them. Can I mention those real quick? Yes, sir. Go ahead. I'll just go through them. Uh, One or five is Killing a Georgie, which I think that was a great song. Uh, Every Picture Tells a Story, which I love the, the drum beat on there where like the part where you go, it's a great one. Of course, do you think I'm sexy? One of his 80s songs that you didn't mention, but I'm kind of surprised you didn't mention because you love most of your songs are off at uh, lost in you. That's a great song. That's just a, like a hard kind of rocking song that most like you can kind of see rat doing back in the day. Or yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and my last one is up there is some guys have all the luck. Now, one thing about this song, it's one of my favorite, and it was between that and Rhythm of My Heart. We're kind of battling it out. Some guys have a luck. The one thing about that is people didn't know that that's a Robert Palmer song. And I saw Rod Stewart back when he was doing the, uh, what was that, the, the or- what's the stuff with the standards and whatever. I had four throw tickets, and I thought he was going to do a whole concert. I wasn't really paying attention. It's like, well, we'll be half rock and then half standards. And I'm like, standards what what are standards of course you know i'm 30 years old at the time i'm like thinking i don't want to hear no standards so we left after he did the rock <laughs> stuff but he dedicated that song to robert palmer who had just recently passed away and uh right. so have a luck and of course i listened to it it's not as good as rods but i just thought that was an interesting fact to uh, i don't know if you liked any of those songs i just mentioned yeah that uh, i had <clears throat> i had like uh on my honorable mention i had infatuation uh, let's see. Reason to believe. <clears throat> I don't know if you remember this one. Love touch. Yeah. The legal, legal Eagles. Legal there. Eagles. Yeah. yeah. And I had some guys have all the luck. Young Turks. Let me ask you about Young Turks. Where does this title come from? You know. I have no idea. You never hear it in the song. No. You hear Young Hearts. But Young Turks, I'm gonna, you know, that's gonna be something I have to look up because <clears throat> I, I always used to, back in the day, listening on the radio, Casey Kasem, you listen to it every weekend to hear all the good songs, and and you didn't have to wait as long. But <clears throat> I remember he used, to, you know, I always thought, well, the name of the song has got to be Young Hearts, and then no, Young Turks, 
Young Turks. I mean, what is the deal with Young Turks? I've I got to find out about that. But that was that was one. Uh, Rhythm of My Heart was up here. And I don't know why I didn't think of Lost in You. Because that is, yeah, that is one of my my big songs. I'm 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 terrible that I that I uh, that I left that one out. I forgot now, all can you, about that song. Now knowing that album and stuff like that, can't you see Poison doing uh, crazy about her? I mean, it's just like she was hot, yeah. young, beautiful. You mean Brett Michaels with the bandana? That's like a glam. I mean, that's the way a lot of the pop music was written. It was written with the rock edge. You know, that's why it's not surprising that Michael Bolton wrote with Paul Stanley. You know. You know, you hear the stuff like by he does like steel bars. I can see, you know, Steelheart doing that song. You know, I mean, it's just a lot of the Steelheart. 80s stuff, a lot of the '80s stuff was like kind of like everything was kind of rockedized back then. That, that, is that a word? Is that like strategic? Well, you know, you just made it a word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think I love the '80s so much because it was all had that kind of hard edge, you know. But it didn't yeah. alienate the other ones. But that's. And that's a that's a great album. Dynamite's a great song off that album. It's kind of heavy, you know. Yeah. Okay. And I'm I'm pretty much sure you know you your favorite era of music has got to be the '80s. If is that is that what you think? Yeah. Yeah, mine too. There's nothing like '80s music for me. And my daughter, she she listens to more of that than she does the the new stuff today. I'm well, it's probably about fifty fifty, but she yeah. she listens to a lot of. She'll come to me. And say, oh yeah, daddy, I'm already listening to that stuff. But you know, which I'm proud of for that. That's good parenting, but, man. It's good parenting. Yes, yes. I've done one thing right. <laughs> I'm looking at Young Turks, and it says the term Young Turk, which originates from the early 20th century secular nationalist reform party of the same name, is slang for rebellious youth uh, who acts contrary to what is deemed. The actual phrase Young Turks is in fact never heard in the song. Yep. The chorus is said centered on the phrase Young Hearts be free tonight. Leading to the song frequently being misidentified as Young Hearts or Young Hearts Be Free. So, yeah, that's I'm glad Makes I'm not sense. the only one. Makes I'm sense. glad I'm not the only one. So, let's recap. Number 10 for you was Rhythm of My Heart. Number 10 for me was All for Love. Number 9 for you was You Wear It Well. Number 9 for me was Forever Young. Number 8 was You're In My Heart for You. Number 8 was This Old Heart of Mine. Number seven for you, I know I'm losing you. And number seven for me is Have I Told You Lately? Number six for you was Stay With Me. Number six for me was You're In My Heart. That was a repeat. Number five for you, Hot Legs. For me, Downtown Train. Number four for you was Reason to Believe. Number four for me was Do You Think I'm Sexy? And number three for you was Downtown Train. That was another repeat. We had two repeats. Um, number three was my heart can't tell you no for me number two for you infatuation number two for me is maggie may and number one i was only joking for you and number one for me was tonight tonight so you guys listening out there if this is going to set up and we're going to i'm going to find a way to to get a to average it out to where we've got a a, a top 10 seed out of both of our list and then we'll go from there and we'll have the Rod Stewart Music Madness Tournament on Twitter. 64 Rod Stewart songs ballot out for number one. And uh, if you haven't done it, been on Twitter, if you're not on Twitter, get on Twitter, follow me on the fly, and you'll, uh, you'll get updated. If you get seven days to vote 
for each round. Right now, we're finishing up the Motley Crue Music Madness Tournament, which is in the final four right now. Um, favorite Motley Crue song? Me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's that's kind of hard. Um, all-time favorite's got to be... Um, Got to be looks to kill. That's a tough one, ain't it? <laughs> yeah, looks to kill. Lo, lo, Got to be looks to looks to kill or home sweet home. One of the two. That, yeah, that's a tough they're, one. They're both, and I'm pu- trying to pull it up right now. I think they're both in my in my final four. I think I've got it over here though. Hold on one second. But yeah, we we're gonna do this for. Uh, Top ten, and like I said, we'll we'll come up with a way to uh, seed it using both of our list. How did, the, out. how did the Karabi album do? That that was a great album. I love that album. You know, I was I was kind of disappointed that didn't do as well. Uh, we have one make it to the uh, to the second round, and that was pretty much it. And I think that was. Let me see. I'm pulling it up right now. <clears throat> Come on, computer. But yeah, I and I'm like you about the the Karabi album. If that, you know, people I would say, well, that's not Motley Crude. No, you know, but if you had took that album and put another band's name on it, it everybody would have loved that album. I I I it kind of got off slow to me, but. The more I listen to it, uh, you know, I love Misunderstood, uh, Hooligan's Holiday, uh, Smoke the Sky, uh, Poison Apples. I, I love all this. So it's, a, it's a, like you said, it's a great album, but this thing is beautiful. No, it, it's funny. Speaking of, speaking of Motley Crue, I'm telling people I'm going to go see Rod Stewart, and they said Cheap Tricks opening, and they're like, well, that's kind of a weird pairing. I remember the first album when Vince came back, I saw Cheap Trick open up for Motley. On the really? Thing, Generation Swine. And it yeah, was that like, was Generation Swine when he came yeah, back. Cheap Trick, they like, I think they're known for like doing different set lists. They did like their rock set list. They didn't play any like the flame. And of course, I didn't really know Cheap Trick that much. So I was all disappointed they didn't play the flame. <laughs> okay. This is now this is the Elite Eight matchups we had on the Motley Crew one. Uh Kickstart My Heart versus Looks at Kill. Shout at the Devil versus Livewire. Home Sweet Home versus Girls, Girls, Girls. And then Too Young to Fall in Love versus Wild Side. Mm-hmm. And looking, let's see. I'm going to look make sure what song from the 94 album made it to the second round. Uh, yeah, Hooligan's Holiday made it to the second round. That was the only one off that album that made it to the second round. And that lost to uh, Knock 'em Dead Kid. But this should be I, interesting to see with, with the Rod Stewart. So this should be interesting to see how this goes. I know it's, an, it's kind of when closing kind of an unpopular opinion. The 97 remake of Shout Out the Devil is better than the original. You think so? I do. Mm. I, do I don't know. Shout Out the Devil, it just, I mean, I, I remember when it came out and stuff, and I was like, they're trying to be Kiss. And stuff when I heard that song, but looks to kill. I mean, that's in live wire. I love that. But shout the devil, they're they're trying that's probably my least favorite song on the album. 
I mean, they were, you know, okay. and they did they did that thing about, you know, the guitar going into the ceiling. And I, the way I grew up, they took that seriously. I was like, well, they also tell you they were on cocaine. So, yeah, anything yeah. to the ceiling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Shout the Devil is, it's okay, but I like the original, the new one, like, because it's got, it's kind of more of a, I guess, grungy type, grittier stuff. I love yeah, Generation it was. I, I love Generation Swine. I think it's a great album. And, you know, it's not a great Motley Crue album, but it's a great album. Yeah. It's a great grunge album. What about, what do you think about the, the, you think the original Home Sweet Home or the remake for the Decade of Decadence song? I hate the, I hate the, I hate the remake just because the keyboards are less, not as heavy. And there's that part where Tommy at the end hits that cymbal. And it's just like, that's not that, that's like one of the best parts of the song when he hits that cymbal at the end. And it's yeah. like when they played, they played that one and it was like a real cheesy keyboard. And it was like, you know, Beavis and Butthead were playing on it. It wasn't Motley. It was like they were trying to 90 it up to make it, you know, yeah, it, that's were. one of the worst remakes, I think. You know, it's a great song, but there was a, oh, there was a band that did it. It was a great, I think Carrie Underwood did it and she did a great version or a country yeah, version. She did. It, was actually, it was better than a remake that Motley did. There was a, there's another there's another country artist uh, recently, a guy that did it, and I cannot think of his name. And they were actually, Motley was actually in the video because Vince yeah. came up and sang on stage with him. And this is be- this is before the abominable snowman stuff. But uh, <laughs> but in Vince's defense, hey, have you had- Vince's, in Vince's defense, though, he's never been good live, even when they were younger. Like they on the uh, decade of decadence, they got the live version of Kickstart My Heart. It's it that was the early night. He was it wasn't. I mean, there's just some people that can do it, but it's. It, I'm into the music and I'm being entertained. I mean, I I can't sing to save my life, but you know, I mean, I, it, that's just not a that's not a deal killer for me. I like Motorhead. Lemmy couldn't sing. I mean, he sang good for Motorhead, yeah. you know. But yeah. it's just like, I mean, if there's more enough to entertain me, I'm okay. But I, I've always looked at yeah, the thing. Karabi yeah, can my, sing. Karabi's great live. Oh, Karabi, yes. Robbie can put it on. Uh, I've got a, a nephew. He is, I think he just turned 20, but he has tickets. He's had tickets for the last three years to the big or, you know, stadium show because he is a diehard Motley Crue fan. And uh, he keeps talking. We keep talking back and forth. He was like, uh, everybody's saying Vince should, should hang it up. Vince should hang up. I said, just don't worry about that. Just when he gets out there with Motley Crue, he'll be fine. That's the way I feel about Paul. I mean, I know he's not what he used to be, but I mean, he's 70 years old. It's like, you know, exactly. You, you kind of look at LeBron, James, you look at LeBron James. It's like, well, he's not, as, he's 38 and he's got a lot of miles on those tires, but it's yeah, still LeBron I mean, James. It's still Paul Stanley, you know? And think of how many nights a year Paul Stanley was singing uh, for the last, what, almost 50 years now. Uh, think of how many nights he was doing that. I mean, it's crazy. You, you, you're going to have a, a letdown, and but uh, and think of, think how bad it would have been if it had just been him singing instead of him and Gene singing, trading off. But you know, I thought Gene. Yeah, Paul's not like, what he used to be, but I don't have a problem with that. I thought Gene was just. I mean, I still think he sings good. Like I saw him in, I saw Kiss in September in Austin, and I, of course I had to wait a year for it, but I took it all in because I knew this is the last time I'll probably see him. Cause I ain't got cruise money, yeah. you know, to go see and stuff like that. But it's not like, me neither. Yeah. I would love to go on a cruise, but I don't have that kind of money. Yeah. 
and I and I've seen them fifteen times. I mean, had a good run. I know some people have seen them like sixty. It's like, wow. <laughs> what was your first Kiss show? Hot in the Shade, nineteen ninety. I saw it was Kiss, Slaughter, and Faster Pussycat. Oh, and I remember, man, and, I, and I remember seeing the show, and I stole your love is my favorite Kiss song of all time, and it was so loud. I was like, had to take myself. What song? I couldn't. It was so loud. I couldn't. And, you know, it, I went full circle last. I mean, Austin's about 45 minutes away. So I saw Kiss and Austin in 90 and I saw them last year in Austin. So I figured, hey, that's a good that's been a good run. You know, it's, you know, been a good run. Did, yeah. Didn't they open up that uh, Hot in the Shade with I Stole Your Love? Yeah, it was so loud that I couldn't understand. I was like, I just, you know, back before YouTube and stuff and. Of course, you go on yeah. YouTube now and that, hey, that concert, I was there, you know, and I had seventh row. I wore makeup and I got a guitar pick from my buddy wore Gene and I wore Paul and I got a guitar pick from him and uh, Bruce and Gene. I got them put up with my comic books. So, yeah, I got to that was that was one, probably my second concert after Whitesnake. I was I'm about I'm uh, I was about 18 then. So I was, you know, I'll be 50 this year in April. So I, I so got a in, little bit, you're a little bit older than me, maybe about, yeah, I got into kiss and asylum. Asylum was my first kiss album. And it was, it was, it was that, that was eighties kiss is my thing. I mean, I have that. Yeah. yeah See, I'm talking about the animal lies uncensored. I got that ripped on my iPhone. I listen to that like every week. <laughs> I got, like I said, I was into kiss when I was like five. Uh, my, my cousin, older cousin pulled out destroyer and showed me the album cover and I was like, and then you hear the songs and I'm like, Oh my gosh. So then it was, you know, my mom has pictures of, of me at Christmas and Easter posing with a kiss album each time. I mean, it was like, that was the thing I had to have kiss. I had to have kiss. You had the kiss, uh, the Halloween costumes, the, uh, all the, the toy guitar, which, yeah, I, I messed that up. I, I wish I'd, I decided to be Ace Freely one day playing a live too and put a smoke bomb and a plastic toy guitar and wow. you, you know what happens next. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. get into Kiss. I didn't get into Kiss till my teenage years. Back in the 70s, I was more into Six Million Dollar Man and, 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 uh, Jacqueline Smith, Charlie's Angels. So that was, <laughs> yeah, I New was Jack- a Star Wars, I was a Star Wars freak back then. I went, you know, and, Stuff like, uh, what else was it that I we we used to talk about? Mom, mom and daddy took us to see Grease at the movie theater, and I was like, and I now I'm looking at it because I let my my daughter watch it when she was younger, and I, and you know you watch it now like oh my god, wow, yeah, but yeah, anyway, but it had Olivia Newton John, and that's just I fell in love. I fell in love with Olivia Newton John as soon as I saw her. She was the most beautiful lady I'd ever seen at that time when I was a little kid. Like I was like, she is gorgeous. Yeah. And uh, but actually, yeah. a funny story. I went with some friends to see her probably about four years ago before COVID. And they're like, you want to go? I'm like, yeah. And I, and you know who she has playing with her? One of the guys from danger, danger is like her guitar player. I think it, I don't know who it was, but she mentioned his name. And of course you Googled it up and like, Hey, that's so-and-so in danger, danger. I don't know if he plays with her now, but he was a musician in danger, danger. And it's like, Oh, that's a dude from danger, danger. Yeah, Tom and Zeus will love to hear that as much as they love Danger Danger. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed this. We got to bring you class, back on man. again and do this again. Yes. Uh, 
I could talk. We've 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 turned a Rod Stewart episode into a Kiss episode all of a sudden in the '80s music, but we definitely have to get on here and talk some more. We could talk '80s music and stuff like that. And, hey, man, uh, if you ever need a co-host, I'll put my application in, dude, and I'll send it right to you, man. Well, you 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 got an open invitation right now. Sounds so, good. Uh, even though, even if you're a Cowboys fan, now if you were if you're a Ravens fan, that would be revoked. But, yeah, and if you were an Eagles fan, we wouldn't be talking either. So I guess I feel the same way. <laughs> that's right. Thank you so much, guy, for being here tonight, and uh, uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, we'll we'll have to be teaming up on some people in the in the shout in the shout out loudcasters room. Uh, but uh, good. maybe we'll get a little bit of publicity in the in the loudcasters room for this episode. I told Tom and Zeus, I said we got, I said I got a fellow loudcaster coming on the show. Uh, this week so they'll be looking for it but uh thank you so much guys it's been a blast and it definitely fun. do it again sometime yep, thanks, all right man. guys that's been our top 10 rod stewart songs you guys have a great night hold on hold on